Yeah, I don't remember what episode we covered it in, but I told the story about my friend puking face down in my couch after getting drunk at a beer festival that we went. You filled his couch like an eclair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have alternative facts. Welcome to another special episode, very special episode. Get serious on our very special episodes like uh, TV Land. Uh, no? <laughs> TV Land? What is that? Dang, you don't know TV Land? No, what, what is it? It was like, it's like that channel with old TV shows, but they old TV shows always had very special episodes and they were always tackling serious subjects. My first introduction to a very special episode was um, Different Strokes, uh, where Sounds they worldly. deal with the children getting molested by a guy who owns a bike shop. So anyway, we should put a trigger warning on the top of this one. Uh, welcome. <laughs> Our guest with us today is uh, a good friend of mine, Aaron Minton. Hello. And also the host of the Pilgrim's Digress podcast. Fellow podcaster, fellow friend. Fellow fellowshipper. Fellow fellowshipper. Good evening, gentlemen. I'd like to point out that uh, Sam's TV Land uh, references clearly prove that he is a homeschooler. While the rest yeah. of us were watching MTV, he was <laughs> he was relegated to TV Land beyond 8 o'clock p.m. <laughs> I was watching Beaver Cleaver try not to get in trouble for saying a, ma- a bad word in school. <laughs> Thanks for having me this Friday. Yeah, if this... Uh, Wednesday night. Um, did anybody watch Leave It to Beaver? I feel like maybe I did Ugh. once or twice. I did, did watch you... Andy Griffith, though. Okay. Andy Griffith, that's good. Uh, I feel like there's a lot. I watched, let's see what I watched. We're going to do a little breakdown of TV land uh, in my day, back in my day. Uh, <laughs> I watched a shitload of Dragnet for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. No one knows Dragnet. <laughs> well, I know it. Only reason I know it's from um, the PBS like version of it was MathNet, and they would go around solving math problems, and that would solve the community's issues using math. So I was learning <laughs> instead of being. A PBS always brought it. PBS <laughs> brought it hard. Dude, well, <laughs> okay. Was Sanford and Son on there? Yes, dude. I love oh. Sanford and Son, along with All in the Family. Oh yeah. And- and which uh, didn't age well, uh, but <laughs> I haven't watched. I it feel like it was doing a thing at the time and the thing is still relevant, but the execution is just does not. It doesn't work today. That's a good point. Like, let's make racism funny, right? That's good. No, uh... <laughs> it's not it. It's just it was about no, I people that are totally different, like uh, being forced to reconcile with each other. An old curmudgeon who has survived being a turd his entire life and now all of a sudden like he can't hide from different people anymore yeah i i i think that's kind of what they're going for i i even though it doesn't have the same it aged better than the cosby show so that's good (laughs) who would have (laughs) thought i know who would have that show sucked 
Such a stand-up man. You really? You thought it sucked? I did not like the Cosby's. There's just some shows I feel like at the time that they either hit for you or they didn't. Like, Brady Bunch. Uh, uh, I think I watched that for a minute. Aaron, I got a the Cosby Show did a lot for the black community. I hate to be that guy. <laughs> but all it, right, all right. <laughs> if it, it, uh, if you if you talk to uh, people of, the, of that age, they'll they'll tell you the Cosby Show meant a lot. I I, I don't remember it being funny <laughs> by any means. I remember there was a doctor and there was a. Uh, uh, they were they were depicting a functional obsessed black with family, right? And and so I don't remember it being necessarily funny. I didn't watch it on purpose, uh, but I I do but, remember it being good. But honestly, like, do we need the Cosby Show if we have Family Matters? That's what I was thinking. You right on track. Not that yeah, TGIF lined right up. Now, yeah, screw the Cosbys. I want to live with the Winslows. Thank you. Back <laughs> what the blue. Was the... Back the blue. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least what was Carl. the theme song? I feel like that theme because the guy who did that had did like the theme song for like a bunch of shows at that time because it was the same dude who did Full House and I can't really he had like that I, Brian Adams they blend voice. in my head I cannot separate the two in my head yeah it's true whatever happened to predictability the is that man, the boy evening TV uh, is that is that that's Full House? Full House. I can't remember okay. Family Matters. Ah, balls. What, what was Family Matters? Uh, it was another YouTube. one like that, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it like, it's like Star Wars and Jaws and Indiana Jones. They're all the same. <laughs> what? Like, You're going to have to can you do Can you do Indiana too. Jones and Star Wars like back-to-back right now? Oh, the, I can. The, um, do you, you guys really want me to beatbox uh, the, yep. the Imperial yes. March? <laughs> <laughs> and then do Indiana Jones. Just who's gonna, who's gonna lay the fat beat for Casey to <laughs> just take it away, Casey? Damn. Do our uh, what? What's what's the do? Oh, um, Harry Mack. I'm yeah. sure he could make his way through it. Oh my god, that's like a life goal. Is I need to just spend some more time on Omegle. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, Harry Mack is uh, probably I mean the, the most incredible freestyler I've ever seen. He. But he spends time, well, he used to just go out in the streets and freestyle for people and just whatever he saw, it was like, they'd say words and he would just freestyle off of it. But then over the pandemic, he started just doing it on Omegle. And nice. uh, I just need to spend probably a few hours a day. I'm sure I can squeeze that in uh, on Omegle until <laughs> I find seen... Harry Mack. Sam, so I, sent you do... the, uh, I sent you the uh, the Kermit from Omegle, right? Yes. <laughs> Yo, have you seen that, Casey? No. Oh my god! I thought Omega was kind of like an adult website. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it depends on how you use it, I guess. It's like chat roulette, where yes. sometimes you would see a nice, family-friendly twelve-year-old just <laughs> wanting to make a connection with a random stranger, and then other times you'd see somebody masturbating. Yeah. Or Kermit. sometimes three out of eight. So funny. Three out of eight. <laughs> Did you guys ever use chat roulette? Hell no. I never even gave it a shot. Oh, we did a couple times. April and I did a couple times. It was always like disturbing. Yeah. Oh man, that went downhill quickly. Imagine how it's hard to believe something like that could have gone downhill so quickly. It's anonymous. No one can find you. <laughs> like, first instinct is people pulling their pants off. <laughs> no. It's is true. Omegle not anonymous? Then I guess it's not. 
You probably I, have to. I, I think you can see I, IP addresses on it because the Kermit dude. Be uh, we'll, we'll talk about where that person is. Like, how's it going in Netherlands? And then people are like, oh, how'd you know? And like, I think he looks up their IP or some bullshit like that. You'll have to huh. get uh, what, what's the thing that makes your IP untraceable? A uh, VPN. Yeah, VPN. Yeah. And, uh, Use the promo code uh, GUC. Yeah, for twenty <laughs> percent off ExpressVPN. If yeah. you want, th- if you want thirty, use the promo code Pilgrim's Digress. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we will stack rebates together. <laughs> so, Aaron, why don't we uh, learn a little bit about you? Why do you hate Catholics so much? All right, let's talk about Catholicism for a second. <laughs> Besides my innate, uh, innate anger towards all Mary statues, and I want to topple them all just because of the hundred years of Protestantism that's within me. What, what would you rather <laughs> topple, uh, Mary statues? Or Robert E. Lee statue? <sighs> That's a great question for a waspy guy like me. Uh, There's only one right answer, and if you choose wrong, no Sam's one Sam's about to give us a speech <laughs> about history and how we have to respect it. <laughs> yes. To the history teacher. <laughs> uh, the answer is Robert E. Lee, a traitor. At least the Virgin <laughs> Mary didn't uh, you know, betray her own country. Um but the thing about Catholicism is, let me tell you, I, I was thinking about this today. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Um, I, I, I'm not which, sure, so sure I am, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm, on the, I'm on the right podcast because I would never, I was just thinking about, I had a conversation with another teacher today and we were talking about a class that we both teach that we're, or at least I'm going to teach that he's teaching now. And it's called the theory of knowledge. And it's like this ethereal epistemological class for high schoolers. And we're talking about how to tackle all that. And we were talking about how uh, people act from uh, a, a basement or a foundation of their beliefs. And I was trying to explain to him that if you honestly believe that Donald Trump got the election stolen from him, the only rational and reasonable reaction is to show up at the Capitol and stop it. Isn't it? And so we're trying to figure out like how to get kids to kind of see that, but still see how those people are wrong. So he brought up he said you're, the word. In, you're, you're making your case for the crusades right now i can i'm seeing a build up go ahead <laughs> i did finally I didn't make another a reasonable take on the crusades <laughs> balance that's what i like and so he said the word evangelical and i was like oh my god i, I thought I, I, I thought to myself i do not consider myself that any anymore for the same reason i don't consider myself or i would never consider myself catholic because of the institution and the name that it's put out there and the weird shit that it's done i would never associate myself with either one of them thank you for coming to my ted talk yes catholics (laughs) got an increasing amount catholicism's got like an increasing amount of like dog poop on its shoe yeah. yeah, to the point where like it's either you're gonna throw the shoe away or you're just gonna clear a room every time you show up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll distract into the house. Eventually, it's not on your shoe anymore, and then you you just go off and do your thing until you step in more shit and track it through somebody else's house. That's fine too, right? It's like you wanna you wanna reconcile the Catholic Church. Um, we need the Spanish Inquisition, the entire leadership team. I mean. Pope on down to like local level bishops or pontiffs or potentates or whatever they call them. <laughs> Democratize it. So it's all like vote in your own leadership. And uh, Casey, I think what you're talking about is Protestantism. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a solution that's already been offered. <laughs> Let them keep their Mary statues. <laughs> Not a prude. <laughs> 
it's funny uh casey when um so to provide a little context to me and aaron's friendship and how far back it goes i was he was a youth leader when i was in high school um yes sir it, probably just my seeing i think by the time you moved here from maryland well 2007 virginia it was uh yeah it was so that was like by end of my senior year um it might have just been my senior year but then i go to community college stay in the area and aaron was the uh was the dude who hosted the community college like he did not community college but did uh like the church college group thing one of my proudest things about that is the fact that we just named it college group <laughs> yeah <laughs> they come up with some cheesy ass <laughs> we didn't that's what it was called right we didn't call it like any some like bullshit like no nope. uh the fucking gathering or whatever the gathering of the people like, hey you're going to college group yes and that was that <laughs> yeah it was just college group um he one of those youth one of- leaders that was like every class was like a weekly dissertation on why you shouldn't drink or bang no kind of what they went like they, that no not <laughs> not these ones he encouraged it all there it was this weird or i don't know it, uh, some people say it was like a cult pastors. i don't know yeah it was kool-aid weird. and everything nobody drank it though no fun <laughs> it was uh i don't even i it, it's just funny because uh i there's you know what aaron i'm gonna uh, i will publicly blow some smoke up your ass i feel like you were the so as a young evangelical uh you're just told what's true uh you listen to sermons you read the little pamphlets the book whatever i mean you're just always told that What's true, and when you go seeking answers, everyone gives them to you. Like, oh, perfect! He's asking. This is the kind of guy that I can just tell the right things to, and don't have to worry about these people. That's what they like about question askers. There uh, is that it just means they can further indoctrinate. But Aaron was the first friend who, uh, or leader at that point, took a. I don't know. I don't know when to transition from leader, college group leader to friendship, but. Um, it was he was the first person to just ask me quest like ask questions of people and like and make you have to say some shit and uh that was uh my first introduction to question asking so maybe <laughs> you're responsible for where i'm at today aaron thank you sir <laughs> thank you thank you thank you always asking questions like what's up with the virgin mary you know <laughs> questions like that no we did a whole sam always talks about how i, I was on this like <laughs> crusade about how um like I was hell bent on making sure that everybody in the group uh, realized that uh, Catholicism was bad for you and you should not do it. And it's the worst, which I regret because a lot it, of my friends are Catholic. It's I, I do remember that I, I make fun of that a lot. Um, well, whenever it comes up, but I do also remember not thinking that at the time. Now, I'm sure you get to look back on that and say that was very uh what you just explained it as, but <laughs> for me who had only received the information about Catholics as though they weren't real Christians, yeah. you got to be skeptical of them. I, I would actually argue that that was the first time someone told you why they were in those words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like gave, gave it a little bit more of a fair shake. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I, what it was is, um, I had taken a class at the most exciting university in the world uh, of on. I was a missions major, Casey. If you He's a Liberty nice. alum. Um, but it was called, uh, it wasn't called missions. It was called something to like hide it. Which How long great. were you a missions major? 
not major, minor, my bad. Oh. And so I took a class. I took a class on Islam. I took a class on Roman Catholicism. And it was just like I'm sure some, those were there. <laughs> and it was they were both just some missionaries that had went to those places. That's all it was. And they just like <laughs> telling crazy missionary stories about all this other and straight but, to the source. Yeah, yeah. And so but the, <laughs> I mean the best thing, I can show you the book. I wonder if I have it back here. Um the best thing about it, you probably can't hear me anymore. Here it is, is um the, the book that they gave me and then, right. It was just, you know, it's from the evangelical perspective, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I ran, I ran all those, I, all those things past all my, I hope you can hear me. Uh, I ran past all those things by your Catholic friends and the book's right. They believe on all that stuff. I even interviewed a Catholic priest. And so I was on this like weird, like thing, you know, how you get on these weird intellectual, like soapboxes or things that you want to tell other people. Uh, like when you first stop believing in hell, you just want to say that. That's to the best. <laughs> it's uh, like the most annoying type of thing. <laughs> when you hear people go off on that, you're like, okay, I know where you're at. And you're, I know where you're at. And I, I get it. And it's fine. Uh, I'll, but right. <laughs> that's so funny. So it was I never heard anyone things. make that case. Uh, I didn't even know that existed out there. That there was no hell. Yeah. That that was a oh, group mm. of people that believed that. Almost definitely. Since like that there wasn't 100. anywhere. A group of people who believe that I had no idea that there was that, a, that was like a, a there was like a whole wing of theology that was that you weren't. Oh, but you knew that. some people didn't believe in it, like people who weren't Christians. and well, Yeah, like people who show up on Easter and Christmas. <laughs> you <laughs> Those know, people you, you, you did know it, that there were people who just like you knew about atheists, right? Did you know about atheists at that time? Well, yeah. What I'm saying is okay. I didn't know there were people who were at all serious about their like Christian faith who didn't okay. believe in hell. Like I'd never even heard that case made. I didn't know that was a thing. It's like, yeah, I don't I think I would have just either. thought like, that's not an organized viewpoint. That's like a few people who just want to believe what they want to believe. I mean, yeah. kind of like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Lukewarm exactly. getting spit out, you know, <laughs> it's it's an ancient thing man it's been around for a while and they all fought about it in the ancient times and then you know the hell guys won so you know power yeah and stuff the uh <laughs> history is told by the victor very much so in the case of christianity very much so so we did that uh i, I remember saying i had like a packet i was like handing out fucking packets of shit about how c- catholicism is whack <laughs> yeah whoa to page four you know, there was a long, there was well, a lot of printouts. What's what's funny is I, 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 and I still have those remember. printouts with me, Aaron. We're going to go through those <laughs> notes right now. <laughs> point by point. What we did, Casey's, we went through, instead of telling everybody they were dirty sinners, I let Romans do it for for me. And we just like read Romans the whole time, which is, it'd be interesting to do again right now with some people and kind of figure out, because me and Sam, we're, I'm, I'm a very much like fuck Paul kind of guy where Every time I read Paul, I'm just like, who are you? Who says you're in charge? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, even I'm like reading, like I'm reading the, like this comic book Bible to my kid. And then my kid's just like, who's Paul? (laughs) He's eight. And he's just like, why is this guy getting to say anything? (laughs) Paul has a lot of feelings. (laughs) Paul's so like, he's just so Greek. (laughs) It It is. It is so funny how, because I mean, obviously, if you like the history of how the whole thing was put together is interesting uh, in a long process. And it's not like it's not like at the time when Paul was saying all that stuff, everyone universally recognized that as any sort of script. It'd be like 
that would be like 30 years from now, like everyone recognizing what their pastor said. It's like, we should put that in called part of the Bible. Let's take that. It's like, he's just a guy saying some stuff. Or Billy Graham. Uh, Billy Graham's yeah, sermons are now scripture. Which, arguably, people act like that to some degree. Um, what's interesting, it is, go. What's interesting about Paul is he has the same kind of storyline as the Buddha, Jesus, and even um, Muhammad. Uh Huh. He, he has an encounter. He has a divine encounter that nobody else sees. He runs away for a while, and then he comes back with all the good news. It's just the same kind of thing that happens oh, that's like, all the Yeah, time. that's an interesting... I, <laughs> it's so funny how you shit on that as, like, growing up, uh, because when you hear it in any other religion, you're like, well, Mormonism, right. Joseph Smith and those goddamn silly-ass <laughs> tablets, and then you're like... I was gonna say, that well, is gotta, a very Joseph Smith. Story. <laughs> Mormon Sam, can I tell story. my Mormon story? You can tell it. This is this is uh, your right. time so to shine, Catholics, Aaron. This is, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna see that see that see that bigotry line. I'm gonna walk right up to it. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> exactly. We went, and this was kind of like underhanded by me because I'm just like obsessed with Mormonism. I think it's the coolest thing ever, but also the worst. Uh, <laughs> it was i'm obsessed with it because in grad school uh what class was this it was like an early or mid-american history class and i read this book i forgot his name harold something but he's like this classic american writer or whatever and he just goes out of his way and writes this book about mormonism and i was just like enthralled by it i already knew known a lot of the beliefs of mormonism but the way he puts it together as like the quintessential american religion just blew me away and so i was like when we got married, I was right out of grad school and I was in, uh, we were trying to find a place to go to on honeymoon. And lucky for me, my wife doesn't just doesn't like beaches or anything like that. I don't mind. I don't care. I, I, I like beaches. I don't, whatever. So we find a place in Utah in um, park city, whatever. Right. So it's a, it's a ski lodge in park city, but we're there in the summer. So it's cheaper and we get to do some hiking, some waterfall stuff. That place um, is rad. Yeah. Um, it, and then we even stay close to that place where all the famous people stay, the Deer Park something. I don't know. But we got to go to um, a f uh, arts festival. We did a lot of hiking. But I demanded, and this is why I married her, I demanded that we go to the Mormon temple in Salt Lake City. <laughs> we spent an entire day in Salt Lake City. <laughs> So we did a couple of my favorite things that day in Salt Lake City. We played a round of disc golf and then we, no, we did that second. Before that, we went to the Mormon temple and that place is freaking weird. We get there and like on the outside of, you don't go into the temple. They have a whole like visitor center because I'm not worthy enough to go into the temple. Right. So oh, yeah. we get there and like, there's like these um, international students greeting you. Right. Hi, I'm so-and-so from Argentina. Hi, I'm so-so from Nigeria, right? Because they've got that global outreach. Weird Mormon thing, number one. And so we're walking around, and they take you down this escalator, and they got these huge murals of white Jesus talking to Native Americans and, uh, you know, like sailing. And they got what, Levi you sailing across. the other Jews? Yes, the yeah. other Jews. <laughs> Levi sailing across the thing. And I'm just, like, enthralled by all this. And so we're walking around. We have a guide and um, we walk by and in the glass case, she says, these are the, this is a replication of the golden tablets that Joseph Smith found. And I out loud said, gee, where are the originals? 
<laughs> and Christy was so mad. She's like, shut up. Stop it. I was like, no, I got to say it. And we keep walking and in. And how do they know what they look like? How do you make a replica of something nobody fucking saw? There, well, uh, 15 people saw them or however many and signed a document. You know, five of them are Joseph Smith's family. <laughs> and so uh, we keep walking. In. I'm making all these fucking comments. I'm being an asshole about it walking around because I just love it. Uh, but the, the coup de gras is we're sitting down. They take you. It's just like Scaremare from Liberty. Remember Scaremare where they take you through the oh, thing and yeah. then you get to sit down with a person and they get to talk to you for a while. So we're sitting down from this girl from Argentina about something. She's like, so what do you guys think about blah, 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 blah. And we're like, you know, we're already Christians. And this is when, this is when I was doing, uh, this is almost during or right after college, that college group stuff. And, uh, we're like, we're already Christians, but we just got married, blah, 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 blah. And she says to us, she says, um, <laughs> she says, don't you think it's sad that you won't be married in heaven? <laughs> and so after all my assholery, Christy, the wife says, <laughs> I mean, she had the word bitch in, you know, in there somewhere, but she didn't say that. She goes, no, <laughs> we aren't Christians so we can be married in heaven. We're Christians so we can spend eternity with God. And I was like, <gasps> wife is the best. <laughs> Dude, the girl was just like, ah. So regardless of whatever whatever we believe now, that was awesome, and it still is to me, and I love her for it. <laughs> I feel like even though I haven't gotten to do the Mormon temple pitch, I did go through a blue-green blue vacation rentals timeshare pitch, and I think oh, it's probably the same. It's very like, close. Yes. It's mirror hilarious. techniques, different sales pitch, but very similar. Very similar. Can't you just Dude, see? I had uh, I only just remembered this with you telling your story, like, but um, – but Jill knew someone in in high school who was Mormon, and he had, oh yeah he had asked them to go. I don't know if Chris maybe maybe Christy was part of that. Christy, uh, our wives. Him. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if she was like they went to the the church. Um, our, for everyone listening, me and Aaron's wives were were friends in high school too. We uh, we. But they're not friends anymore. Friendship. They hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really awkward whenever we want to hang out. Like, oh, uh, I don't. Jk, know. they're hanging out this Friday. <laughs> um but they went through the i mean it was at the whatever do they call all their churches temples or is that just the or is that just church I church of latter-day think- saints did they go the one in on 67 in north brookfield probably probably i know. think they're all considered temples or what the, that's what they call them because they they use the term like going to temple i think uh, they use that too okay i, I think ginger said that I stole it from the jews um they uh but anyway so she went and went to like the youth group type thing that they had and sat through the whole like history of the Mormon church and uh, the whole witnessing tactics. Like basically the equivalent, their equivalent of the Romans road is all. And Did they um, do it with puppets. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Maybe felt boards possibly. Were those uh, puppets wearing underwear? Um, <laughs> but then they asked, they, they did the whole thing and then asked if they wanted to become Mormons. And it's like, no we're good like that's funny dude mormonism has like i feel like i might have like come across wrong when we were talking to existential ginger i i wasn't trying to call mormonism a cult i was saying that mormonism has like these offshoot cults that are the craziest like they have the craziest cult cult offshoots (laughs) she called it a cult (laughs) like if you're bored one day look up the children of thunder 
That is <laughs> a like a wrestling group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the details, but it's like basically this guy with a God complex that thought he was called to lead the Mormon church, even though he had left. He also thought that he should have a harem of a thousand women that only he gets to sleep with. And so he started like. Sounds reasonable. He started like gathering followers, he you know, and he like forcing the women into prostitution and stuff. And then they ended up killing. I don't remember how many people, a couple of people, I feel like it's just a wild. There, there's a like couple? so many of those Not for a cult leader. Yeah. Well, you know, he wasn't good at it. He got caught early on. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what else can we shit on tonight? We've uh, Catholics, Mormons. Um, what's next? So, okay, so is that Republicans, Democrats, Taylor Swift? Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have to give you a double shut up on that one. (laughs) (laughs) You picked the wrong people to say that in front of Aaron. Well, the the new the new um, back and forth in my family is Justin Bieber versus Taylor Swift. And so I'll I'll pump Bieber. Oh, yeah, dude. I'll pump Bieber. In you guys have car. some bullshit conversations in your house. That's for sure. <laughs> and the kids be singing it, dude. I got Chrissy be singing Justin Bieber to herself and stuff. I got I, she don't know, but I'm working. I'm working on it like that. I don't know. I, f- uh, I feel like the, the, th- the conversation was Kanye versus Taylor for a long time, yeah, and it was that Kanye has crazy. not weathered the years very well. No, no, apparently, him and Drake have beef. I just learned oh, that yeah. recently. Oh, I yeah. don't know about that. Anyone listen to Donda yet? I started it. Donda. That's his mother's name. Is that Kanye's new album? Oh, no, I I can't with that guy. He's the man's a genius. The man is a genius. I feel like everything that Kanye says about himself, you can cut and paste and apply it to Kendrick Lamar. Like Kendrick Lamar is what what Kanye calls himself or thinks he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, minus all the showboating. Like, what do you hear from Kendrick? Uh, I mean, outside of like the outside of his music, where he might do some. Kendrick needs to come out with something. So, I know, I, but no, he bit. is working on. Yeah. He, he is working on um, an album. Apparently, it's going to be his last one. Whatever, what label? I don't pay a lot of attention to up and coming releases, so I don't know. Anyway, Drake, Kanye, do you know the beef, Aaron? You going to give us a scoop on the beef? Uh, there was one of them. Just um, oh, somebody else, a third party, just released a track, a diss track with. Yeah, um, like Drake leaked a Kanye track. I'm like. Right. Why does Drake have Kanye's track? This all feels fabricated to me. Yeah, of course. I'm not is. buying it. I'm yeah. not buying what they're selling. Have you heard the um, the conversation? Is it Taylor Swift talking to Kanye or Kim about the music video? Have you heard this? Uh, that sounds awful. Google it right now. Well, like not the right really now, you're listening. the old thing where they recorded a phone call with her. Yeah, she like calls him. Remember, because he made that video with, and it, it, there's supposed to be like a double of her in the bed with him. And she's like, "Yeah, I gave him permission to do that." Blah blah blah. Yeah, she was really, really good about it. But and uh, I forget who she was talking to, Kim or Kanye, about it. But it was just so weird. Like you could, I feel like it with the whole that whole thing was fabricated too. Like let's let's set up a phone call where I look good and you look good and everybody's good. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Only thing like. Any- There's a video floating around. I don't remember who's doing the interview, but they're interviewing Ninja from Die Antwoord. I don't know. Are you guys familiar with them? Nope. Come on, Ninja, that's Twitch. I don't know any of the words that you just said. No, no, no. (laughs) There's a group called Die Antwoord that's like a South African rap duo. 
it's this big gangly dude and this little little gal and they he got on there and told this story about going to I feel like it was Drake's house and he was like let's play let's play some uh basketball he's got like a full scale basketball court in the backyard <laughs> like okay <laughs> can- so they go out and he comes out in like custom head to toe matching basketball warm up gear and stuff <laughs> that says Drake on the back and every it, it is the funniest story you just got to look it up. It's Ninja from Die Antwoord. And uh, I don't I feel like they've had some bad uh, publicity in the past couple of years, too. I don't know. I can't keep up with all the Hollywood beef. Then there's like, yeah, TikTok streamer beef, which is by oh, far my the God. dumbest. This is, it is the dumbest. Yeah. This You're is happening welcome. more and more. It's really awful. It's, I don't even know how to describe what makes it feel so much worse. It has like, it's like people who are 15. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like fifteen-year-olds being like, "You said you didn't like so and so, but then you sell, you told them that you did like them, and and they're all they all have so many followers that they're giving them like Hulu shows and stuff." And <laughs> oh my god, and they're trying to. It's like they're all trying to win first place in the woke Olympics. Like anytime someone says something that could be interpreted poorly, they like they'll do a full video about why this person said it and how that probably means they're a racist or I don't know. It's and they're like you said, they're 15. So, yeah, let's see. I'm sure they have um, a real well established worldview that's not going to shift at all in yeah. the next few years. Can you imagine being locked in to your worldview at 15 like that when you have like, like, I mean, I was confident I think that every I knew what 15 I believed. year old is locked yeah. into their worldview, they right? They just haven't realized how dumb it is. <laughs> yeah, well, we were all there. So at 15, I was super confident. If I had 1.2 million followers believing everything I said too, oh, god damn, I would have been the worst. <laughs> it's like all teenagers are narcissists that think the world is as obsessed with them as they are with themselves. Like every one of us was that, you know? Yeah. But then you add on top of that like social media fame. I was listening to Tim Dillon's podcast this morning and he was talking about Charlie D'Amelio or something like that has her own show on Hulu and he's talking about the show and watching it and stuff. And he's like, he's like the conclusion that I've come to is that this is a boring show because children are stupid and boring. (laughs) (laughs) He was on a pretty good rant about it. It was pretty funny. Aaron, you believe children are stupid and boring, and that's why you became a history teacher, right? Dude, they're wicked stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to shift the conversation so we can all learn a little bit more about Aaron. And these are some clunky yeah, ass religions, but you're welcome. Uh, yeah, they're wicked. I tell them that they're stupid too. So, like, like a good teacher. Yeah, and I tell them <laughs> the problem is with kids is that they um, they're always seeking approval. Uh, whether it's good or bad, I guess, socially or academically. And so they're always afraid to like answer questions in class. Uh, even if it's like on paper privately, there's, I'm just like, just write something. It's a simple question. Just write it. And if you're wrong, I'll tell you that you're wrong and then you'll be right. And they're like, I just can't. Uh. Um, and so I tell them that my job is to get them to, to make them smarter. I mean, you could learn anything you want on the internet, but my job is to make you smarter and how to do that. I tell them the stuff we do is intellectual weightlifting. Your job is to help. Yeah, it's to help them uh, not use the internet the way that the baby boomer generation uses. Exactly. 
Exactly. Well, even <laughs> today, you man, do that, you can see it as a teacher. Even today, we were talking about prohibition, and I had him read some speech by some quote unquote doctor who said that, you know, seven out of twenty fathers who drink their uh, children end up deformed. Like he just like made up stats on the spot. And somebody wrote it down, and the kids wow. are like, "This guy sounds legit because he has numbers." <laughs> That's what they're <laughs> telling me. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what?" Are we? <laughs> so yes, they are very dumb. Uh, and so I, whenever, so when I when people ask me what I do, I, if you say history teacher, people say, "Okay, whatever." There's no explanation. Do you teach critical race theory? That's the next question. Yes, <laughs> but so like Casey, <laughs> whenever Sam tells me what you do, I have no clue what that is, and I have to ask more questions. It's really annoying, but. uh when people ask me, sometimes I'll say, I don't know um, what Casey does. Yeah, it's like Chandler from Friends. Uh, so, uh, people ask me what I do. I, sometimes I say adolescent uh, intelligence enhancer. That's always a fun way to put that, uh, where I try <laughs> to make kids smarter. They're definitely, definitely, every 15 year old, uh, even if they say they're, they don't know, they think they do. And most of the time, here, look, teenagers, I've been around them for 10 years. Uh, they want to fight, F U C K or eat or food. That's what they want to do. No, right. Cause they're in, oh, no, eat. Oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> that too, because they're in, I mean, think about it. 20,000 years ago, anybody that was 13 or 14, their number one job was find food for the rest of the clan, you know, and because you were a tip top shape and that's, I, I feel so bad for these boys sitting in these classrooms who are just like amped, you know, with all, with all those three energies and just trying to like do all that. And I, and my job is to rein that in and somehow get them to sit down for an hour and, listen to these boring stories i gotta tell it's not <laughs> that we are living in isn't uh, it kind of wild world for these boys yeah it What's seems wild? really yeah i i think i'm having a bit of a i'm having a slight delay here uh we don't have to edit that out i'm just calling it out because apparently i'm jumping in and you guys are hearing me a little bit later than i think you are um fellowship friday the the idea that like all these i mean we were what 20 two, three, four, by the time you like start your quote unquote life, that seems super late. Like the older you get and the more you realize like, Oh, we just let these kids just bob around for fucking yep. 18 years before we mm -hmm. finally go, you're ready to learn some real stuff. And then the nope. first year of that is them <laughs> literally repeating everything they fucking learned in high school. It's crazy. When I went yep. to community college, I was terrified. I was going to just fail because I was homeschooled and I had no, I couldn't, I had no idea where I was in like the educational standing of my peers. Uh, but I was convinced that I was dumb. Then I go to community college and like the fail rate was like 50% in the easiest class I ever took in my life. And I was like, what, this is what college is. This is wild. And I, I don't know. I, it's, after that experience, I was like, there it is absolutely because then you meet kids homeschool. This is big in homeschooling, too. Um, maybe in your weird Christian schools, too. I don't know. But uh, like kids, when they go into their junior year of high school, will start college classes. So yeah. by the time they and they do it at the community college and shit. So by the time they it's like dual mm -hmm. and is it dual enrollment? What do they call that? Dual enrollment. Yeah. OK. Some high school. Um, so too. then they graduate high school with an associates and then they go straight to mm -hmm. uh, whatever four-year university they're out in two like that the fact that any anyone who wanted to could do that like every kid who's doing fine in high school would be successful in those programs and we're mm -hmm. just like we're just gonna we'll just keep you here we'll just let you like sit here on your phone for eight hours a day send in 
sharing the nudes that somebody sent you so that way you can ruin their life and ha- make them have to move and relocate <laughs> their family. It's like, Jesus Christ. I really want to meet 15-year-old public school to Sam. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I would have been like, universe over there. <laughs> he was just Biff from Home Alone. You know what I would have done? I would have joined the uh, – there if there was a um, – some sort of like, I would have joined a Christian group for sure. And we would have focused on evangelism, whatever college crusade for Christ, campus crusade for Christ, uh, the high school equivalent. uh, I would have visibly carried his Bible. Yeah. Yes. And I would have been at CU at the pole for sure. Dude, I prayed at CU at pole. I prayed at CU at pole in public schools, baby. I'm the real Christian here. I'm the one that prayed. What's up? Where was that in? 10th or 11th grade? My history teacher was a Christian. I knew he had worked at the uh, Grace Brethren. You ever heard of a Grace Brethren church before? Yeah. Yeah. He was, I don't know uh, anything about him. He was, uh, they're just like, I don't know what it is. Just like an offshoot or something, but he was nice enough. But uh, he was, we were also probably 50 of us. Uh, school was about 1600 people, kids. And by 50, I stand around the pole and he's just like, Aaron. I was like, oh, sh-. and I look, I, I remember now that I'm talking about it. I remember looking around going, okay, good. None of the popular people here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember like when it was, it wasn't like a regular thing, but I do remember them taking us to the public school at some point to go to see you. Oh yeah. It was like, we're, we're going to stand in solidarity with oh. our public school friends but you had to stay on the sidewalk because you weren't legally allowed on their campus since you didn't attend the school <laughs> we were you probably the sidewalk, like, saluting dude brought the christian i'm flag. sure i was like a caged animal at that like anywhere where i had to be around normal kids that weren't my my tiny little friend group i was just like just just <laughs> nervous like a chihuahua just shivering and wanting to go back in his hole you know? just scour the scene for the first hat you could steal off of the cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> how ironic, like, how typical is it that the big national evangelical public school prayer program involved them standing around an American flag? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Dude. I'm just glad I and graduated high school before that. 2001. Ugh. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I guess things changed after that. What happened in 2001? Uh, remember that congressman that like kidnapped somebody? <laughs> we're uh, speaking of what are you guys all doing? It's we're three days away from it uh, as of now. Oh, Friday is uh, Saturday. This is oh, it's Saturday. Why do you hate America? Uh, because it uh, <laughs> 20 done anything for me. Um, but how do you guys feel about 9 11? Oh my God! <laughs> no, okay, we don't need to. Answer. I have. I'm gonna take the day to just celebrate our triumph over terrorism. I think. Uh, that's are you guys gonna man. post on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> I have Sam. I have a whole bulletin board of like uh, original nine twelve newspapers up on my my uh, bulletin board in class. No kid has said anything about it yet. I'm waiting for them to ask about it. I had, dude. I had to go through. Uh, I had to stack them. Some other teacher had given them to me. I had to like filter them for like trigger warnings and stuff like one of them had like the picture of the dude fallen from the thing remember oh. he was like remember he was like had this like yeah like, i remember that picturesque picture. like almost like bow like ballet type form when he was falling i just it hit, it hit me hard even looking through it i was like oh if you remember it but i had to, Terrible, had to filter yeah. it out and so it was just like there was a really good one from uh new york no not new york uh yeah new york times of people looking at it which is really cool 
but that's about all I got on 9-11 Oof. at this point. Do you remember at one point, like I remember Ooh, I one of the things story. that one of the things that like the Fox News conservatives were really angry about is that they weren't playing footage of the buildings falling anymore on TV. <laughs> what? Like I remember I that being like a thing that they were that. like really that was like a, a Toby Keith song or something like that. Where like, <laughs> they want you to forget and we'll never forget. Always that be mad. Robert E. Lee statue being torn down. I get it. Yeah, there's always something that the the media is trying to pull over on the the American people. Sammy Ray, did I have I told you my 9/11 Liberty story? Uh, I don't think so. So 9/11. I want to just point out real quick that it's weird, like thinking about how none of, I mean, all the kids that you teach, anyone in high school was not alive for that. Yeah, yeah, that happened like, a couple of years ago. It's like when people talk about the Vietnam War. Yeah. Like to me, I just like, yeah, that was the thing that happened. I have no emotional connection to it. I yeah. don't think about it. It seems bad. And then I'll you're probably, like, I'll probably do something. Thursday. I've, I've <laughs> had um in, in the past, I've had other teachers come into my room and tell their, what happened like on, on that day, what, what they went through, you know, just as of like a, a historical exercise or whatever in oral history. So here's my funny 9-11 story. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm at the most exciting university in the world. It's a month in, right? Uh, it's a Tuesday and somebody has to wake me up at 8.46 a.m., right? So wake up and uh, there's like five guys in my dorm. Somebody just flew a plane into the New York Tower, right? So I'm watching it, watching it and just like, oh shit, this is crazy. And so it turns, Sam, do you remember what time the Tuesday morning classes were? It was 8 a.m. and then what? Nine twenty, nine fifteen. I forget. Uh, I remember because you know you never forget. You'll never Damn. forget. Ah, <laughs> see the, I see. So nine fifteen comes around and I got a youth youth two hundred one class or some bullshit like that. So I'm like, do I go to class? I don't understand what to do. And I'm in Virginia, right? So, I, so I kind of hike it to class. I'm like by myself. It was like nice weather. I'm just like, I guess I go to class and show up. Nobody's there, of course. There's like a sign out or something. So I trek it back. And I think uh, it was a Tuesday, so it was no convo, right? Convocation, Monday, Wednesday, Friday it was back then. But they call an emergency one, right, in the afternoon. So we go there. It's like everybody on campus. We're having a convocation. Of course, we got to sing songs and talk about how God chose America and all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's somber or whatever. So they make, uh, they say, if you want to pray for America, come on down to the gym floor or whatever. So I go down there because, you know, you got to. And I'm down there and there's like, I'm not kidding. There's like a thousand people on their knees praying to God. And all this so I get bored, right? <laughs> I've been diagnosed. <laughs> I get bored. I'm looking around and I was getting bored. It's like, okay, whatever. And I look and I, I'm on my knees, my ass is in the air. And I look, I turn around like this and I look and there's a dude with a camera. And I look right directly in the lens. Didn't think any, anything of it for like two or three years. Like my junior, senior year, I'm walking through the hallways, 2003, 2004, and I look over and there's a picture of a bunch of people with their asses in the air. And there's my dumb ass eyes looking straight into the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> perfect it's like, frame. It's like in the provost office hallway. It was just like perfectly. <laughs> it's just so somber. And I was, and I'm looking at God. 
was I everyone's here for face this? down ass up okay yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and i said this is 911 i was here for that i'm looking at it and i go oh my god <laughs> there i am in the middle of the fucking picture looking dead at it cuz i thought it was going to be funny when i did it i was like this is going to be hilarious <laughs> on 911 <laughs> this is going to be hilarious and there were you looking I'm, to the side or were you looking like straight through your legs at the guy <laughs> that would have been even better just right to the side like this oh man and i saw i was like yeah, i got to grabbing your back. ankle straight through your legs that's that's nine eleven for you. <laughs> that is oh, such a. It is weird to think that like there's just a whole generation that didn't experience that. I mean, what a crazy that like did that event was that a turning point for our country in a totally different direction, or was it just like another notable event on the timeline of where we were headed as a whole? Uh Aaron, take it in any take direction you want, history teacher. <laughs> well, I read the book. There's a the, a book came out. Um, I don't have it, but about the absolute fuck up the CIA and the FBI did, and there was like some really bad. They they had tracks on the guy. Uh, a good example is this. I uh, in, I think it was ninety eight, ninety nine or so. I was talking to a friend of mine who had graduated college, and this is in Maryland, D.C. And he was working in D.C. And I said to him, I said, "What's going on with uh, where are you working?" He said. Dude, he said the number one priority right now is like 1998. There's this guy named Osama bin Laden we're looking for. And so it was already on the radar. And this book had talked about it a lot too. They were tracking these guys all over the world. They were in Singapore and all those other places. Just a huge, huge fuck up. Uh, but the, I mean, the biggest thing is the Taliban itself. <laughs> the Taliban itself, if you if you go back in time, into the 80s, they were the guys that fought off the communists, the Russian communists in the 80s in the Afghan war there. I mean, and they're shooting down commie Russian uh, tanks and helicopters with American made cannons and shit. And then they got bored with that. And then in the nineties, they kind of figured we turn these on, on, on the Americans. I argue that it's a, it's an <laughs> extension of the cold war. It's just like a, uh, what's the word for it? When you have casualties that you didn't mean to have, what's that called? Collateral. Collateral damage of the cold war. I think that's exactly what it is where, uh, the you know the enemy of our enemies becomes our enemy or the friend of our enemies i don't know how it works out but eventually they just get what, what osama was part of 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 um the taliban there's a whole movement um it begins with a w whoa, 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 whoa. not wakanda oh good wasabi no <laughs> wakanda that was uh, the, the fictional wahabi. city in wahabi thank you very good uh it's a whole movement that osama bin laden was part of his osama bin laden's father is like super rich they had a huge family he helped build like this big extension on the Kaaba and, and Mecca and all this other stuff. Dude is, is is like entrenched in Saudi Arabia politics and all this other stuff. And see, he ends up fighting with the Muhadin against the communists in Afghanistan in the 80s. And he just kind of he got mad about the Gulf War and Americans stepping all over Saudi Arabia and holy, holy ground over there. And he just kept that grudge until the 90s. Remember, in 98, they blew up that. A battleship in the Gulf. Remember that? What was yeah. it? The Cole, USS Cole. USS yeah. Cole. A dude that graduated from my high school was on that, and he got injured, and there was a whole parade in our town. Oh on my everything. god! I do. I I never forget. I remember what that kid looked like. He was wicked hairy, but because he was in my gym <laughs> class, <laughs> and it come around where he had been on the. He joined the Navy and all this stuff. He ended up getting uh, injured on it, and then so I have this like thing in my head where the Cole happened, and it's, uh, and then they they tried to blow it up again. The that bottom part of it in 98 with the van remember that they drove the van into it and so mm -hmm. it's, it's it's both like it's it is the turning point but it's just kind of like well they finally got it right i hate to say it that way 
Uh, well, but- there's there's so many different things that are just like aftermath of like the uh, Cold War era. Because mm-hmm. I mean, North Korea's ap- that's collateral damage from the Cold War, right? You know, Soviets back in one side and us back in the other, and and I mean, I guess the Korean War. I mean, that was also communist China that that mm-hmm. was involved in that one, right? Yep. Um, the the Cambodian genocide, Pol Pot. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a part of the Cold War. You know, the fighting that was going on in uh, oh God, country right next to him, Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam, Vietnam, because it was pouring over the border into Cambodia, and that was a big part of how that guy rose to power. And mm-hmm. there's so many things like that. There's like so many bodies that you can lay at the feet of the the West versus the the Red Menace after World War Two. It's like pretty much every bad thing that's happened since <laughs> the mid '40s. Is has been a result of what happened during the Cold War. And, and the farther like we that. get away from it, the more disconnected we get from it. And so it's hard to pin that on it. And so instead of hating the Reds, we now have to hate terrorists, you know, or the, the Afghans or whatever. And so we keep getting away from away from it and then eventually just kind of just a big mess. I mean, what are you even doing if you don't have a thing to collectively hate a group of people, you know? It's true. I feel like uh, Americans are would be lost if we didn't have someone we could all collectively hate. <laughs> it's our it's our jam. So after nine eleven, too, obviously there was a not that terrorism hadn't been on the radar, but you know I never really heard people talking about it beforehand. It wasn't not that I was old enough to remember much, um, but it really. I mean, that became the cultural the the common enemy that united the nation for the next decade. Um, and they, we got, uh, we did a lot of stuff in the name of that fight. I mean, obviously we're, that's in the zeitgeist again with us leaving Afghanistan, but it is, uh, I don't know. It, it I feel like that, I feel like nine 11 was a catalyst for things being the way they are now. Also, there, I know there's been conspiracy theories. All there's always been conspiracy theories. Um, but I feel like, 9-11 like really dawned a new era of conspiracy theory as long especially after um you know the patriot act and Edward the age Snowden. of information and like learn being having the internet at your fingertips like every literally you know enough stuff had happened in our past enough shit had been declassified over time you know now people learned about like mk ultra and you're like that shit gets declassified and you're like Oh, we did. We tried experimental LSD shit on people, and it resulted in some people dying. Like we tried mind control experiments, and like all as shit becomes declassified, along with having internet access, along with um, being able to like make a, a mythified terrorism our common enemy. Which what Matt, they're like everywhere. Terrorists are everywhere. Oh, we anywhere in the Middle East, you're like there's a terrorist cell. You know, uh, it's not like you're fighting a nation state or anything like that. I just, I feel like that was just, I mean, throw that all into a pressure cooker and then you get the fucking shit we're in now where nobody can agree on. Like you, you can't even just take like jet. There's no such thing. Like no one agrees on even what general facts are anymore. And I feel like that, uh, I feel like nine 11 was a catalyst now. Definitely. It's definitely part of it. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that like 
it's continually like there's continually examples of where the government wasn't truthful with yep. the American people. And so it's I mean, what, that's what's going to happen. It's hard to have faith in an institution that tells you left and right that they're not spying on you. And then you come to find out, oh, they are. They're you know tracking your Internet data and listening to phone calls without warrants and all that stuff. I was like trying to watch. Uh, I just couldn't really get into it. I wasn't engaged enough, but I was trying to watch The Wire because everybody always mm, talks about The Wire being such great a great show. show. I yeah. need to get back on it. But like there's like a plot point in in the first season that I was watching where, you know, they're trying to put a pinch on this drug operation, you know, and they're using these pay phones within these neighborhoods to to run the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So they go and they get a warrant for tapping the pain, the payphone, but they're like, you can only listen when it's one of these people using the payphone. You can't blanket just tap this payphone. So they had to sit on the roof for days on end, <laughs> watching to see who was using the payphone so they could track it. And I was thinking like, well, this doesn't work anymore. <laughs> we know that this isn't real. <laughs> Like all of those that's different so things are like, you know, the Chicago PD having black sites where they'd take, uh, you know, people under arrest and interrogate them and stuff. There's just so many things like that where, you know, whether it's widespread or not, like learning about that stuff makes you just look at the whole institution and be like, I mean, I don't know. I, I yeah. mean, hope that that's not happening, but obviously it is some places. Do you guys think that the majority of the outrage about all this spying was mostly mostly boomer dads who didn't want their their internet history being released to the public. <laughs> no, it's a really bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible thing that we just get, can't put a stop to. So the, couldn't, the outrage doesn't go anywhere. The it, <laughs> the internet the technology outpaced the government and uh, it's hard to say. So people's understanding of the technology didn't catch up. It was it's like this weird yeah. pace between the government keeping up with it, people's understanding of the technology keeping up with it. Um I, I'm sure the minute the internet was quote unquote in, invented or really By mainstream in the nineties, some government dude was just like, Oh shit, we can really get some info from this, you know? And if you're looking at it from nineteen ninety four and you know that uh, the Muhadin, now the Taliban, are out there trying to get us. You think, well, they might try to use this internet thing. And so you're on top of it. So I don't know. It's a tough thing. You ever see that? Um, what movie is it? Uh, where I think it's Samuel Jackson. He's just like. Spy you, kids. <laughs> where he's just like, if you knew the things I had to do to keep you safe at night. What, what movie is that? Is it Pelican Brief or some shit like that? Oh, man. Mm, yeah. Something like you know, or, or uh, enemy it Jack the, Nicholson. Oh, I think you're right. I think it is Jack Nicholson. If you knew the stuff, you can't handle the truth. But it's something like that, and I th that's what I think of. I mean, coming from, I mean, I grew up around the DC area, and uh, I I asked uh, my pop once who works at a federal agency. Uh, I said, "Do you think the government is inept more more inept than we think it is, or do you think it knows a lot more than we think it is?" He goes, "Oh, you have no idea how much the government knows." <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Very efficient. <laughs> so, I feel like the, the mistake is thinking of the government as this single institution 
yeah, with moving true. parts that all work together and stuff. I feel like it's like all these little microcosms that are doing their own thing. And as, as a whole, it's pretty clunky and clumsy and with a lot of things. But I don't yeah, know. Like, it's the, not the like, nefarious cabal that people make it out to be. I think you could make that case about the CIA. Yes, you can CIA's make a case about the CIA of, and the NSA especially. Yeah, those two, not great. so you sent us a link here yeah yeah, yeah. yes the birds aren't real movement (laughs) i I saw someone a couple months ago in a birds aren't real t-shirt really i was so excited that i recognized it because it was just like a like uh, a silhouette of a seagull with a big like circle with an x through it and i i like elbowed april i'm like Oh my gosh, it's a bird's not real shirt. <laughs> so I can't figure out, and I guess that's part of the part what of the thing it? with this one. It's people who don't believe it. They think that all birds are government, government surveillance. surveillance drones. <laughs> no, 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 no. This I thought this was a joke. It well, is. that's what I can't figure out if it's a joke or not. Because you watch interviews and stuff, and they look like interviews with people who are out, you know. If it flies, it spies. That's so good. <laughs> they have clever slogans, good design. We might ought to hire their their people. <laughs> right? That's funny. I thought that, I mean, it seems like it's got to be a joke. Like, like they make the website out to be look real, but that has to be a joke. This is a good one. Uh, the reptilian lizard people run the government. I like that one. That's fun. Now that one's definitely serious. There's a lot of people that believe that that's absolutely true. Are you kidding? The lizard people? You don't know about this? No, I know about it. I've been hearing. I mean, I've we've been joking about it since college. I just don't. I don't reason. I didn't know that people. I, I, it's hard to believe that people like even people who say they really believe it. I don't believe that they really believe. It. I can't buy it. I think I can't this is buy like that people believe it. It feels you, like fun. Alex Jones is your gateway drug to uh, reptilians. It basically, if you if you make it through Alex Jones, the next step is for you to believe in in interdimensional lizard people controlling our government, and uh, you got no choice. You're going to be super anti-Semitic. That's just an <laughs> obvious next step. <laughs> it sounds like maybe the lizard people are mostly Jewish. Is that? What you're getting? I, that, that could be the, the argument. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> anytime, and you know, like Zionism is like a historic movement, and there's a lot of history tied to it and stuff. But anytime uh, a white boomer from the middle of the country says the word Zionism, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm out. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For that reason, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Everyone they don't like is Jewish. Like every single person, anyone who contradicts the narrative or votes the wrong way on a bill and stuff. It's like, wow, Zionist shill. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I don't know. What's next on the list? We need to Aaron? recap the Rapscallion story. I need to say need to say my piece about that. Yes, that's right. That's right. So uh, everyone this is, who, who listened. Uh, nice to I don't keep to the end. Keep them listening. Yeah, Let's I don't remember what episode we covered it in, but I told that story about my friend puking face down in my couch after getting drunk at a beer festival that we you, went to. And this filled is his that- uh you filled his couch like an eclair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have alternative facts. 
The alternative facts. <laughs> All right, Aaron, tell your side of the story. Yeah, please. I cannot guarantee that I will not interrupt you. Go yeah, ahead. let us know how the Zionists were involved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we go to a uh, craft beer festival. I'm like, I'm we're that. good millennials. Come on. <laughs> right. Uh, so for whatever reason, I don't remember why. Um, of course you don't. <laughs> Uh, I skipped breakfast. Uh, and so I'm on my way. We're doing, we're doing well. We're doing good. We're with his brother and his brothers-in-laws. And, uh, the, the, there was a couple factors. There's factors here, Sam. Factor number one, 86 degrees, right? You remember that? Remember you look up the temperature? On that you day, I should. <laughs> you <laughs> I should. went back and looked up the weather on that day. 86 degrees, 78% humidity. <laughs> I had started new medication and I had just started the keto diet. So I got nothing in my stomach, no starches. And everyone there can attest to my four beer count, which I've drank many more at once uh, beyond that to this day. Quit bragging. <laughs> uh, and it... Whatever it was just hit me. I think I had heat stroke, bro. I think it was. I don't even think it had anything to do with the beer. I think I had straight up like, because I didn't drink any water that day. I barely didn't have lunch or breakfast. I don't know what was going on. Because you get you get two or three deep and you're like, I don't need food. I'm going to make bad decisions yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been there before. It's just, it's, that, that's just enough to get there. And then I, just, I, I remember thinking, I'll just fall asleep in the car and I'll be all right. You know, you ever feel that? I'll just fall asleep there. Um, and then the best part about it, which you, I think, I, I don't think you told about this part, is when we were in the yard and I puked in the yard. Do you remember that? Yeah. Obviously. Did you tell that part in the first? Okay. I think I did. My neighbor I like video was like out there recording. Right. The so phone. Sam's neighbor is also, it, 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 your neighbor's Puerto Rican, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, <laughs> so he's super nice to me, right? He's just like, you okay, bro? Blah, blah, blah. And so like, I, to this day, I, in, my, in my memory bank, I have a legit like en espanol conversation with this man while I'm like having a heat stroke. <laughs> and he starts speaking Spanish to him. <laughs> and and so sam eventually gets me in and bless the man uh blow, speaking of blowing smoke he takes care of me all night feeds me takes you know make sure i sleep all right and everything and it turned out all right um, and i've never i've never ever felt that way no matter how much whatever i've done that way again i felt like i was gonna die it was weird man uh, i was terrified i was actually afraid i was going i'm like i think i might have to bring him to the hospital like all night i woke up every few hours to check on him making sure he wasn't drowning in his own vomit you're a saint like, bro you're a saint uh, I, 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 I do want to point out i left this out i want to point this out at one of the points i went in there i put you into uh submission what is my son's room right he slept in our our room and so i put him put aaron in the bed i take his shoes off and he goes, oh, yeah. hold my hand, hold my hand. Oh, yeah. and I, <laughs> uh, I just it's like, my oh, love language is touch. That's the cry of a man who is afraid, very afraid. He's going to die. I will be with <laughs> the Lord there. one day. <laughs> the biggest thing was just straight up like embarrassment. It was funny because I. It, I didn't really feel like I was <laughs> going to die or anything. Probably <laughs> the angriest I've ever seen her. It, it, it was just mostly like embarrassment. And I, I remember thinking like, I didn't like, 
I didn't go overboard. I remember just being like, I wasn't thinking like, this isn't my fault, but I would just remember thinking like, what went wrong? I remember everybody around me was just like, dude, you only had like four beers, like regular four craft beers. It's just, I just, I had, what it is, is I'm on the ADHD medication. I just started it like that month. And it, what it does is it, it, it dumbs down any alcohol you're drinking. So you got to drink like at least 50% more to get anything you want out of it. As far as alcohol goes, and you're not even supposed to drink it on the first place, which I didn't listen to, but, and so (laughs) (laughs) between that and the, and the diet I was on, it's just a big old, you know, concoction of disaster. It's like a mixed bag of everything yeah and it turned into a disaster and, and it will be one of my favorite stories of my life. what's funny is that my wife doesn't i mean saint she doesn't hold it she that barely brings it up remember sam i texted you the other night goes, let's go to rascality <laughs> and christy goes oh geez not that place again <laughs> that's all she said so yeah <laughs> so this was a this was a there was nothing in your stomach, so this was liquid puke. Yeah, this man. was like a real puke. runny puke that you oh. put into his couch. So the so the next oh, yeah. that w- this was a Saturday, right? So the Sunday, yeah. and then so dude, what am I going to call out of work on Monday and say I'm sick? I don't know, dude. I went to work and I had my blood vessels in my eyes had popped, and I had like yeah, red dude. ass blood vessels, and so um, I forgot what I did. I think I did take a day off. I think I took that Monday off and then I kept went back to work. And I just told kids I had food poisoning or something. I was going to say probably good as a teacher, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this the one next is... week was when like we had my daughter's birthday party and you guys came over and oh, I, yeah. you had your son, you were like hanging out outside with your sunglasses. That's right. On. That's how and I remember answer. you were like, yeah, like my eyes are super fucked up. And like the whites <laughs> of your eyes were like, yeah, it was it, crazy. Like, every blood vessel in them. Cause board, there was, was nothing in my wild. stomach to like, it was just like it was legit alcohol poison like that was a serious level of it was like legit alcohol poison I don't know but I didn't drink that much it alcohol. had to have been it doesn't matter you had nothing to soak it up that's nothing true. like you that I mean I don't know what else that is I mean, yeah that's like <laughs> that's gotta be the I mean there was food there too but it was like wicked expensive so I was being a cheapo you know how it is food trucks at the <laughs> fucking beer places you're like i'll oh, spend yeah. eight dollars on the beer but you know fuck your yeah. barbecue sandwich for 15 i know 12 bucks for that sandwich what a ripoff i'll just throw 60 dollars on beer later <laughs> yeah i feel like oh, most of the time food trucks sound a whole lot better than they are it's true and like for me like the delivery method for food plays into how good it is like you can give me like the best sandwich ever but if it falls apart while i'm trying to put it into my face <laughs> i hate that sandwich i don't want anything to do with it like it <laughs> could be the greatest meal ever if i have to stand up and eat it i don't want it <laughs> i would rather throw it on the ground <laughs> dude there's this uh a best burger i've i feel like possibly the best burger i've ever had comes from right down the street from me and i don't know i'm gonna I think I'm going to hold to that. You're okay. talking about the place, do you have a place in my town? The new place? No. What are you talking about? My town. Brookies, dog. Where's that at? It's right across from, uh, this is some geography here for people. It's right across from the uh, Barnes, the the uh, dealership. Casey, you should uh, sell them some stuff. I'm sure somebody does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Aaron, why don't you uh, plug your podcast, dude? Ooh, I would love to. Uh, my podcast is all about new England, people from new England, things about new England. Um, I just started a new teaching job. So I've been kind of, uh, here and there with it, if you know what I mean. Uh, but things are picking up. 
and um, check it out. It's Pilgrim's Digress. I'm on all the podcast apps and on the Twitters. I'm pod. I'm on Instagram. I'm Pilgrim's Digress. And E, check me out there. You can catch him commenting on. Thank you. Except for here, I go. So I. Uh, <laughs> I did interview the Democratic Socialists of America in Worcester, but I tried to interview the um, Socialist Rifle Association, but they didn't. They didn't like my name. They said it was too uh, colonialism. And I was like, <laughs> they wouldn't talk to you because your name. Yeah, I was just like, oh, man, I'm just trying to be New England. <laughs> like, this is why nobody's joining wild. your stupid group. <laughs> <laughs> my tagline is, "I'm um, uh, American by birth, Southerner by blood." New Englander by choice. So uh, I, I'm excited. To, I, I was excited to be here because my podcast has nothing to do with growing up Christian, even though I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's uh, listen local is what I say. So I, it's a real good community of New England podcasters that uh, that I deal with a lot and uh, made a lot of good friends. Um, and so you can find out all about them with all the people I've interviewed about their podcasts as well. I want to take a quick second on the socialist right. What is it? Socialist rifle association. Whatever, yes. whatever. Yeah. Um, they sound interesting. So uh, Lenin himself, or was it Marx? Uh, explicitly says the, the proletariat should be armed. Uh, so if you're going to consider yourself a Marxist or a socialist, that's something worth considering is the arming of the proletariat. And I think, even the Black Panther Party was into it, and so, and in, in, in Casey, you probably know this. Uh, the 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 premature of of gun control in California in nineteen eighties was your boy Ronald Reagan. The minute the Black Panther Party got a hold of some guns, Ronald Reagan went over yeah. to the bill and said, yeah. "Oh, we probably shouldn't have guns in public now." It was an open carry <laughs> protest, if I remember correctly. Like, what exactly. was it, San Francisco or something? And they're yeah. like, "You know, nah, we can't be yeah. having this." Yeah. So, (laughs) so when people start walking up on the Capitol on January 6th and all we have is, uh, you know, 50 Capitol police and then some late, late coming Metro police happening, then something's got to happen. So, um, yeah, I I really wanted to talk to them, but they didn't want to have anything, uh, anything of me, but they, uh, they have a podcast. I'll, I'll plug their podcast right now. (laughs) The the (laughs) Socialist Rifle Association. So I'm also trying, I've I've been in touch with, uh, I'm trying to get all the sides though. I've been in touch with goal, which is the, uh, the gun ownership, uh, action league of Massachusetts, uh, action league now, something like that. Yeah. So, um, I decided my second year of podcasting that I wouldn't, um, that I wouldn't stray from politics. And that's, that's the way I went. And, uh, I started out not wanting to do that, but, uh, going forward, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm a pretty balanced guy when it comes to that. So you can uh, check me out there. What's great about uh, my podcast is that it's not it's not timely. You can just jump right in. And uh, my most listened to episode is my first. And so uh, uh, people, you know, just keep rolling through them. And uh, there's no um, like timeline to it. You just interesting people throughout New England. I like so our our most listened to is our first two. And I like to think it's because they listen to the first one, and realize that they hate it. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was thinking about my, uh, my hosting company. Let's uh, I need to do this. Um, it lets you put like a couple minutes in front of every episode that you have, uh, like uh, posthumously, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> um, and so I've, I've been thinking about putting like a disclaimer on it. Like, Hey, thanks for listening. If you're listening for the first time, this is my first episode. 
Yeah. So if you're just listening now, I've learned a lot more about the Confederacy since I made this. <laughs> it's so fun. It, it's like because the first one you do is argue. I mean, it's just it's just going to be your worst. Mm-hmm. Like you're only it. So like anytime like I start a new podcast, I'm like. I, I, you, well, some of them have been going on for so long that you're definitely not going to go back right. to episode one. But that's like the hard thing about having an early, like podcast that's not, doesn't have a ton of episodes yet is people are like, oh, I can start with episode one and see where things go from there. But, you know, it, it's not the greatest place to start. Maybe start <laughs> with the most recent one and then decide if you want to check out the beginning. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I wanted to ask you. So, being a history teacher, like, do you have a specialization in history, like a certain time period that you teach, or do you teach all of human history in like nine months out of the year? Great question. Uh, I've been teaching world history for a long time, like ancient and uh, European history. Uh, and I just switched over to American history this just this year. So, but in my, it's funny because I went to uh, Liberty for my undergrad and uh, I just did a bachelor of science, which is like, in general uh there was a bachelor of arts where you could concentrate on some but i didn't do that i don't want to do that but uh i went then i went to umass amherst which is like you know in the midst of the five colleges and liberal haven so that was fun um and uh there i i there are three you you concentrate in three things you have one one of them is like a major and then you have like two minors uh my two minors were um third world communist revolutions vietnam um uh, a lot of people, a lot of people don't recognize that Vietnam was as way before the American war was a civil war and it was a war of, um, independence from France. France had been in, in Vietnam for so long. And so the Vietnamese had already had all that practice of kicking people out of their lands, even from the late 1950s. And so, uh, I'd studied a lot of that. I did, um, 20th century American evangelicalism. And so all these new podcasts that are coming out, they're telling me all about, uh, American evangelical. I'm just like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, my last one was, uh, Puritan manhood, what it meant to be a Puritan back then, dude. So, uh, it's really concentrated, you know, I could go on and on about it, but that's what I did in grad school. And so it's funny cause I tell the kids all the time in my classes, they look, I don't have I have like uh, one class of teaching how to teach behind me and I'm just running on talent, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm running on talent here, guys, let's go. And so I'm just kind of learning as I go, as far as teaching goes. And uh, I mean, my first classroom was, uh, I was a teacher's assistant in, in grad school at, for college students. And so uh, having to go from there to middle school to high school, it's been kind of weird, but uh, right now, um, uh, I should be teaching a like a globalization class next year. Uh, next in the winter, I'm teaching like an epistemology class called Theory of Knowledge, which is fun too. But uh, and I told him I said I already have uh, some history with that, and I told him I kind of majored or minored in philosophy, <laughs> so that got me uh, <laughs> in with the cool crew in that regard. Interesting, yeah. So Vietnam, Viet, the Vietnamese Communist Revolution was like the one that you concentrated on the most, or it's the you one studied I read all on of the them. And okay, uh, those... what's some other ones then? Like, I mean, because you have Cambodia, mm-hmm. you've got China. Uh, people, I don't know if China would fall into that. 
people overlook South America a lot and the, uh, the, the, the socialist movements in South America, uh, because it was immediately taken over by Europeans and, uh, labor was number one when the Europeans showed up. And so when, when they found the silver mines in Potosi, Colombia, Venezuela, somewhere, um, that kind of builds on itself all the way from this, from the 19th century up to the 20th. And so when socialism comes to South America, it, it lands real well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, the anecdote I usually tell is the word taco, you know, taco is originally from when, uh, miners used to take a stick of dynamite and, and put it in paper and stick it in the hole. And then they light it and run. That was called a taco back then. It turned really? To a food. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I learned something new today. <laughs> That's not a job I want. No, it's, it's <laughs> absolutely horrible. It's just that the settlement of South America and the settlement of North America are very different. Um, and the, the settlement of South America really paved the way for, uh, for, you know, like socialist stuff like Venezuela, like that was able to take root a lot, a lot more than, than North America. Look at you got me going. You got me going. <laughs> we did. <laughs> this could go on all night. No. <laughs> I don't know. I think a uh, couple of old dads like us, it's tough. It's tough to uh, keep this going all night long, Casey. Yeah. Well, Eastern time. So we can, we can uh, close it down. So you guys can go to bed. We got early mornings, kids off to school. Mm-hmm. That started this week. That sucks. Uh, I forgot. You get used to just chilling over the summer, having to like get up, get your kids ready, get them to school, then get to work. Then you have to stay at work later because you got there later. And now you're not home till fucking <laughs> six o'clock. And it's God. It just. You should homeschool. It's an adjustment. And, and I should. <laughs> I should homeschool. Them. Well, All right, everyone. Great to meet you, Aaron. Hey, yeah. Great to meet you, Casey. Look, look forward to talking to you again. Absolutely. The clothes sound clunky as fuck. <laughs> hey, that's the theme tonight. That's your job, eh? You're not here, Casey. That's your job. You close us out. That's your skill. You get the skill set for it. You're the closer. Okay, here we go. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.